0: Grace and mercy and peace are all yours, from God our Father, through our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for his people today is from our gospel lesson, Luke chapter 4. Just a couple of verses. It says, Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." And it says, all the people of the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This is God's word. Oh loved ones. One of the, the easiest things in life is to reject what you need because it's not what you want. A lot of times this is the case when you're buying your second car. The first car that you buy, you get what you need. You, you buy something that can get you from point A to point B and that you're pretty confident is going to start every time. But by the time time runs out on that car, you forget that that's what you need in a car and you start thinking about things that you want and suddenly color becomes very important. And suddenly sound system becomes something that you, you absolutely have to have something good. And you become concerned not so much with getting from point A to point B and being happy with that because that you get what you need in that car, but, but you want to be comfortable on the way. In our Gospel lesson for today The people of Jesus' hometown had in front of them everything they needed, right under their noses for decades. The Savior that God had promised them from sin, the one who was going to beat death for them. And they didn't know it. And when he finally revealed for himself, when he finally revealed himself to them, They treated Jesus like he was their second car and looked at him and said you know what that's not what we want and they rejected him and the wonderful amazing thing that that God points out to us today is that even when people reject God's messengers he still uses that In his plan of salvation, he uses rejection to save us. On Friday night, about a half hour before sunset, in a typical village like the one Jesus was growing up in, you would hear two trumpet blasts coming from the roof of the pastor's home. That meant that it was time to start packing up whatever you were doing. Start packing up your work because when the sun went down and you heard a third trumpet blast, it was time to just drop everything and begin a 24-hour period of rest, worship, relaxation, and resetting for the next week. And people were pretty used to that routine, but This particular Sabbath day, as it was called, as people were were lighting a candle in their homes that would burn for 24 hours and then be blown out at, at sunset on Saturday night, there was a little bit more excitement than on a usual weekend. See, this hometown boy was coming back into town and he was going to be the guest speaker at his home church for the first time. And there had been rumors flying around about him that he was pretty impressive. Not only did people love what he had to say, but he was able to do miracles. They heard that that he had taken a trip to the capital city of Jerusalem and healed people there. And they heard that just uh, about 20 miles over, he had, had taken water, and turn it into gallons and gallons of wine. And they heard that he had even healed a boy in Capernaum, just 17 miles from Cana, and that wasn't quite true. Jesus wasn't in Capernaum when he did that healing. He was in Cana, 17 miles away. The boy that he healed was in Capernaum at the time, which if you think about it is even more impressive. He wasn't even in the same room, and he was able to heal people. And so they were excited. They were hoping that they would be impressed with what he had to say too. And when they did see him, when he stood in the the middle of their church and began to speak, were told that words of grace came out of his mouth. That was impressive because they were not used to that. What they expected and what they were used to were words of law. The opposite of grace. They were used to, to people feeding them rule after rule after rule on, on what it meant to be a follower of God and on how if you followed these rules you would truly be happy. On how if you followed these steps you'd have a successful and happy life. And that does two things when that's all that you hear. Either it makes you feel very puffed up and self-righteous when you think that you've followed all the rules that you've been given, or it makes you feel terribly guilty all your life because you just keep thinking, I'll never, ever live up to these rules. And then they added to that that it wasn't just rules in their personal life that they needed to follow, but also rules as a community, as a nation. And if they just followed the right rules that God gave them, then there would be this this very virtuous person that would come along and would help them out with their politics. That he would come along and the raw deal that they were getting because there was always someone else ruling over them would come to an end and this virtuous person would be sent by God to set things right. And when Jesus started preaching, he didn't do that. He didn't tell them how good they were. He told them how sinful they were. He didn't tell them that they got a raw deal as a nation and that he was there to change that if they would just get behind him. He told them, no, I, I came to forgive people who are wrestling with their sin. I came to take, take people who have, have broken hearts because of everything bad that can happen in this world and bind up those hearts and comfort you and, and give you strength to get through whatever troubles you have. He says, I came to be that person that Isaiah talked about in his his book 800 years ago when he said I'm going to be the servant that's going to suffer for you and I'm going to take care of you in this world not make you happy here but happy in eternity and then that was it and that made no sense to them they wanted something else they wanted someone who was going to tell them how to be successful in this life and as impressed as they were with him at first it wore off. And because he didn't tell them what they wanted to hear, they started to question his credibility. And they say, wait a second. Who's your dad again? Isn't that Joseph? What was he, a carpenter? What gives you the right to come in and, and tell us what we ought to do? Oh, and by the way, how, how old are you and, and when were your parents married? Who are you to, to come in And tell us what it means to be good. Heal yourself, Dr. Jesus said you're going to be telling me. Prove to us that we should listen to you. In fact, why don't you do a miracle? We heard you did a miracle in Capernaum a little while ago. Do that here and maybe we'll give you a chance to listen, to talk to us and we'll listen. They rejected him. Jesus didn't get discouraged. He kept... Lovingly warning them that if they rejected God's message, God was going to send him to other people who would listen, and they would have to live with that regret that they had rejected him right under their noses. And he even gave them examples from the Bibles of how that had happened before—a a widow who had listened to a prophet, and and a, a man from Syria, a foreigner who had listened to one of Israel's prophets. It wasn't the Jewish people that had those prophets right under their noses that knew of God's love, but people who listened to the word. But they didn't. They didn't listen. They rushed to the center of the room and they crowded Jesus out of the church. And they even tried to to push him up to this hill. And at the top of the hill was this cliff with about a 40 foot drop that's still there today. And then they looked at the bottom of the ravine and there was no body. And they looked around, and there was no Jesus. And they looked at each other, and they couldn't figure out where he had went. Jesus did a miracle that day. People who had rejected God, who had slapped him in the face with their rejection, didn't die. He loved them. And he let them live. Live another day, another year, another decade in the hopes that they would hear God's word and believe in him. What do we have to learn from this? Well, the first thing is that you want to expect that you can reject Jesus too. No matter how long you've been a member of a church, no matter how long you've, you've been a Christian, you still share the same heart that those people who rejected Jesus had and a lot of times what happens is we want to reject Jesus, we're tempted to to reject God when things just don't make sense to us when things come into our life, whether it be the death of someone close, whether it be a, a, a hardship that we have whether it be a struggle with sin or we just look at the world around us and see how cruel people can be to each other children neglected and abused and and sometimes even their lives snuffed out before they're even born. And it doesn't make sense to us. We wonder, how can God let this happen? Is God just not able to do anything about it? And because it doesn't make sense to us that an all-powerful God doesn't come here and, and just make people behave, we're tempted to say, I don't need to believe in him in our hearts. And sometimes people reject Jesus. Our hearts can reject Jesus because we think that maybe God is just mean. Even though he has the power to help, maybe he just doesn't care and want to save everyone. Part of us wants to think that too because it would mean that there's something in you that God doesn't like if he doesn't help you. And we like to think that we're special. We like to think that we can do something that God can get God's attention. And, and, and so we wonder, why does God want to save me if I'm a Christian? Maybe it's just that what God does is he looks around and he sees the people who are going to like to pray, who are going to want to believe, and who are going to try to be good, And those are the ones that he helps. And then we go through the same cycle that they did where either we feel pretty good about following the rules or we feel pretty awful about not. And our faith begins to shrink. We need to expect that that struggle is going to go on in our heart all the time because we share the same heart as those people who rejected Jesus. And so because we know that we're going to have that struggle We need to do the thing that they did not do so that we don't reject God. We need to constantly listen to him. We need to constantly be in our Bibles each day. We need to be constantly in worship. We need to be constantly taking communion, remembering what it means to be baptized, that we have a God who loves us in spite of our sin. That is the thing That builds us up in our faith and keeps us from rejecting God. And the other thing we need to do is we need to endure it. We need to endure rejection. It hurts when people that we love in our family don't believe in Jesus. You and I know the wonderful blessings of this this peace of mind that we have knowing that that God takes care of us, of of knowing that our sins are forgiven. And what a relief that is that Jesus died for us. And and, and what hope we have, that we have this goal of heaven that we are headed for, all because of God's grace, and we don't ever have to wonder or be afraid that that won't happen. But it hurts when those we love don't believe that. And even attack us for our faith. Endure it. Be patient with them you know that they share the same sinful heart that you and I do, that the people that rejected Jesus did, and the same thing that's going to help them is the one thing that helped you. The Word of God. Be brave to share your faith. Even if it means awkward conversations, even if it means possible arguments, I'll tell you, a lot of times our fears of sharing the Word with those who have rejected Jesus are a lot bigger than the reality I think one of the most scared that I ever was was there was a a man who was in our church and I knew him and and knew the family, especially his mom, who was living with his girlfriend and and this was not a, a refined man. This was a guy who wore just overalls and weighed in at about 300 pounds and when you knocked at his door, said, what the, and then saw it was the pastor and stopped right there. I'd like to talk. And I was scared, because I didn't know what he was going to say when I said, you know, have you thought about whether or not God wants you really to be living together before you're married? And even more than that, don't you think God wants you to be in church? And I thought he was going to kick me out right there, maybe physically hurt me, because he could. I was ready to run, and he just said, yeah, I know. (laughs) Remember the Holy Spirit is with you working on people's consciences as you share the Word of God. This is not just an argument about some sort of philosophy this is the powerful Word of God that changed your heart that you share with people when you tell them of their sin and their Savior. And so be willing to risk and endure rejection when you have opportunity and keep talking to those that you love. And finally in the end remember that you will praise God for the way that he uses rejection to save people. This was not the first time that Jesus was rejected. Jesus was rejected by those that were higher up than those in the synagogue that day. And he didn't walk through the crowd. He stayed there and allowed himself to be tortured and killed. And why? Because he loves you and me and everyone in this world and would rather go through hell himself than see you there. He died for you. takes away, that's what takes away your sin. That's what guarantees you heaven is that Jesus is the Savior who died and rose for us and conquered death. That's what gives us the endurance that we need to go through this world knowing that God doesn't guarantee us success and happiness here, but he does guarantee us the strength that we need to deal with rejection. So expect it, endure it, and know that you will end up praising him for the way that he uses it to save us. This is God's word.